Well, everyone, the first domino has fallen. Eric Kendricks will be released, saving $9.5 million on the salary cap. We'll talk about what it means for the Vikings, how their cap situation has changed, and maybe even a few replacements here on the Locked on Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You like it! You are Locked on Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. You can find the show on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thanks so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day. You can, of course, find everything. Minnesota Sports on the Locked On Minnesota Sports app on Amazon Fire or Roku. Not just me, but Locked On Sports Minnesota, the sort of general platform, Wolves, Twins, Wild, all that good stuff. So, obviously, we got big news to talk about uh, because early Monday morning, the Vikings released about 15 minutes after yesterday's episode went up uh, on YouTube, at least. They went up pretty early on uh, audio. The Vikings released. Eric Kendricks. Uh, they will save nine and a half million total. They take a little less than two million dead, uh, which is some cost at this point. There was only one year left of the deal, so there's no acceleration or anything like that. Also, the official updated team salary caps were released, and the Vikings were this is really nickel and dimey stuff, super deep. Uh, the Vikings were about a million less in the hole than a website uh over the cap thought. Um that was all just guesstimates and stuff, but now we have the official numbers. If you're really interested, that is uh, the impact of the incentives that were in Zadarius Smith's contract, and the reporting of those incentives was not exact. So we never really actually knew the exact incentive, but Zadarius Smith hit a bunch of not likely to be earned incentives last year. Those incentive numbers, he got that money, but it didn't count against last year's cap. So we kind of have to catch up to it and pay it off of this year's cap, and it is applied as a penalty that changes the like team salary cap amount rather than like counting as dead cap like when you cut a guy which there isn't actually a difference there but if you're confused as to why ours says 221 and somebody else's says 226 that's the reason is that we had some incentive stuff that puts us at about 15 million i think uh over the cap right now 15 million dollar hole so that takes a good chunk out of what was like a 25 million dollar hole 24 million dollar hole uh and we move on from there. So more moves still need to happen for the Vikings to get in the black before March 15th will be the deadline. But I'm assuming now that one domino has fallen, we're kind of in an any day now world with other news. Um, so Eric Kendricks, no longer a Viking. Here's the thing. And this is the first thought of mine. Oh, that's sad. It sucks. Um, if you listen to this show, you know, this was not a thing that I thought was, uh, would be surprising at all. It, Eric Hendricks for me was the hardest one to predict. I kind of thought anything made sense. So I kind of figured like really nothing could have surprised me there. They could have kept him at that amount. They could have done weird extension stuff to ensure that he retires a Viking. They could uh, have cut him or traded him or done a, a number of things. So cutting him makes as much sense of any, as any of them. Um, but here's the deal. And if you are another a fan of another team listening to like get the skinny on Eric Hendricks. I'll give it to you now. He's a good player. I, I think he can still play. I would not take his 2022 down year too seriously. Um, 
he was a lot slower to react to stuff in 2022. And that was because of the way the Vikings coaching had him reading stuff. I would, I guess, blame that on the coaches. But the the crux of the issue was that they had him reading like four things before he could break on anything. He'd have to like look at a route concept, look at the quarterback, look at the route concept, ball would be thrown, then he's got to break on it. Um, and he wasn't playing really with as much feel. They had him thinking so much. And I don't, he's not typically that thinky of a player. I think that was particularly this staff. And a lot of that staff has been washed out. In particular, both Ed Donatel and Greg Minuski, the inside linebackers coach. So I think the Vikings were pretty unhappy with that whole situation. Um, they've now gotten rid of the players, the position coach, and the defensive coordinator. So I think the linebackers were the problem, guys. Uh, but the reclamate, like, I think Eric Kendricks is honestly going to be a bargain for someone. I think somebody's going to sign him on the cheap, and I think he's going to have a good year. And I don't want Vikings fans, we do this all the time, right? We're going to cut someone to save cap space. He's going to go be good elsewhere. And then we're going to be like, oh, we didn't need him. Our team is so dumb for cutting him. No, no, that's, they cut him to save the cap. They didn't want to make that purchase anymore. Somebody else makes the purchase. Good for them. Um, but cutting Eric Kendricks did come with something, right? It came with 9.5 mil of cap space. And with Kendricks, and this is part of what made it so hard for me to predict, was I wasn't really sure how they were going to treat the free agency market at linebacker. Because it's stacked with a lot of guys, but it's hard for me to know if they would like those guys or not. Or if they would like, you know, hey, we love Tremaine Edmonds, but he's probably going to be more expensive than Eric Kendricks. So do we want to make that bet? Or do we like a Jermaine Pratt or a Drew Tranquil, who will probably be less expensive than what they would have had to pay? Eric Kendricks. Um, in cutting Kendricks, my guess now is, okay, so they probably like a few of these sort of second-tier guys. They're, they're not going to sign a linebacker in the first hour of free agency, I would guess. I don't, I don't know. I don't know Quincy that much, so we'll see. Um, but we'll get into replacement ideas a, a, a little bit later. For now, where the Vikings are at in terms of the salary cap, they still have 15 mil to make. And they can still make it like a lot of ways. And actually, the the second segment of the show is going to be like all the ways that they can do it. Like, let's let's look at some particular permutations and what we think this Kendrick's cut means for the rest of the players. Because the, the, the problem with this offseason for a guy like me, it's not really a problem for the Vikings. It's a good thing, if anything. They have so many options. They have too many options for me to be able to like parse. So it's really hard to, it's not... The difficulty is not finding a plan that works. The difficulty is in choosing which plan of 100 different permutations you like the best. Uh, and now that we have one choice, we can sort of narrow down all of the options that the Vikings were picking from. And then we can look and say, okay, given this, what still makes sense, right? Given everything we kind of know so far. And, and I think that's a more interesting way to look at it. There's also a, uh, a podcast from Andrew Kramer and Ben Gessling that was basically everything they overheard at the Combine, which is all very vague and nebulous stuff because it's all kind of vibes and there's stuff that hasn't really happened, but it feels like it might be trending kind of that way a little bit. <laughs> um, but for whatever it's worth, they said that like things seem to maybe be heading toward a divorce with Adam Thielen. Um, and they seem to kind of be going the opposite way with Harrison Smith. Like if they had to bet on it, Harrison Smith would stay a Viking and Adam Thielen wouldn't. But these aren't finalized situations. It just kind of is like how the vibe is right now. Um, apparently, Darius Smith is not behaving like a guy that thinks he's going to be a Viking next year. I don't know if that means he's expecting to be traded or cut or whatever. Um, but that's kind of, again, it's like that's the the, the grapevine whisper that they hear. Um, all kinds of stuff like that. There's no clarity on on Dalvin Cook. 
Uh, they have really no clarity on on Kirk Cousins, but it seems like the Vikings aren't in a hurry to get something done there, which I think that tells us a lot. Uh, because if if you were going to sign Kirk Cousins to a large extension, that large extension, by nature of the, probably coming with a pretty big signing bonus, would get Cousins' cap hit down for 2023 a lot, and then like push that money into future years. So if you were going to do that, you wouldn't have to cut Eric Hendricks, right? You would get that money another way um, by you know restructuring or extending Cousins. So if they're not going to do that before March 15th, that probably tells me, okay, well, now they get to wait to see how the draft plays out. Um, and there has been a lot of scuttlebutt from the Combine about how the Vikings are doing a lot of homework on the QBs, which is kind of a dumb report to me because, like, who isn't? <laughs> There's quarterbacks. Everybody's interviewed. Anthony Richardson met with, like, 22 teams. It's not, like, differentiating. Um, but it, it multiple people, people have singled out the Vikings as a team that's just, like, doing more work on the quarterbacks than they thought they would. Um, which I don't know, I guess if you want to take that to be meaningful, you can sort of piece together that, okay, their plan might be to get under the cap without touching Cousins's deal. Um, see what happens in the draft. Maybe they love a, a guy. Maybe they love Anthony Richardson or Will Levis is probably the most likely guy that they love because Kevin O'Connell has a lot of ties to that Kentucky staff. Um, a lot of people on that Kentucky staff that have worked with O'Connell. So there's a lot of like, if if he, there's a good word coming from that staff, it's coming to O'Connell. And there's also been reports, just leaks that that O'Connell really likes Levis. Um, so maybe they really like Will Levis, right? And they're gonna try to trade up to get him. And then if they don't, if they strike out on that, which is totally possible, then they say, okay, we'll we'll roll with Kirk. We'll see what we get in 2024. But the way Quasi wants to do this, and the order of decisions is going to be really important here, is they want to have the flexibility there. So they're not going to do Cousins before the March 15th deadline because they want the option to not do it if the draft ends up netting them with who they think their quarterback is the, of the future is. That's where I think they're at there. And I guess that's the, the tea leaf read. But there's all kinds of other stuff that they could do to get under the cap. If we say, okay, they cut Kendricks, and we can probably deduce that they're not going to extend Cousins. So what can they do? What's left to do that gets under the cap? And there's like seven moves, choose two or three of them. That's a basically the way that I'm thinking of it. Um, so we'll go over what that is, what those are, and the permutations that that could be and, and, and what that would mean. Um, but first, hey, the draft is coming up. That's not, it's like two months away, but you can still bet on it. You can bet on who you, and, and right now, if you nail who the number one overall pick is, you're going to get good, good odds on everybody. Uh, you can find that at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. For me, I was going to like slam Will, Will Carter, or Will, uh, Jalen Carter. I mixed up Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. I was going to slam Jalen Carter, but then the, the thing about his driving charge came out and teams might be weird about that. So I'm thinking maybe it'll be a quarterback. And of course the bears do seem like they are really interested in trading down. So maybe the Colts trade up and who would the Colts take Bryce Young, CJ Stroud. If you think you know who that would be, you can go log on to fanduel.com and uh, place that wager. You can also bet on basketball, hockey games, whatever you can bet on anything from money line, point scorers, uh, three-pointers, goal scorers, all kinds of stuff. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and easy to use. And new customers get a no-sweat-first bet, up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Plus, you can even combine a whole bunch of things into a parlay, then 
potentially increase your winnings. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That is fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hey, so if all of these salary cap terms confuse you, um, check out, go to patreon.com slash NFL and check out the video that says Let's Count Beans. That the bean counting video is a salary cap explainer that will familiarize you with things like NLTBE incentives and what prorated bonus and blah, blah. If your head's just spinning, that is a concise explainer. It's less than a half hour long uh, of all of the ins and outs of the salary cap. And you'll be able to keep up in these conversations better than most of the people in your work circle. Once again, that's patreon.com slash NFL. But let's move on with some of the cap stuff. So if you fire up the salary cap calculator now at Over the Cap, which is a great tool and I super recommend it, it's a great way to just sort of play around and familiarize yourself with um, the options the Vikings have and how they affect the cap. So right now, the Vikings are looking at 15.7 mil in cap space, although Over the Cap still has an outdated number uh, of what the team's salary cap will be. They're still overestimating the impact of all of the Zadarius Smith incentives that have hit. So it's probably closer to uh, 15 even. Um, I think they're missing by only like a half a mil. So closer to 15 even in uh, cap deficit that they have to deal with. So there's a whole bunch of moves that they could make, um, including but not limited to restructuring Brian O'Neill knocks out 10 mil of that deficit. And unless you plan on cutting Brian O'Neill sometime soon, that's probably a safe thing to do. Um, it changes what his cap hits are in future years, but it doesn't make anything too ridiculous. He still has a lot of years on his contract, so everything is spread out very, very thin and has minimal minimal impact. Um, you can, of course, cut Adam Thielen. That would save $6.4 million. Um, if you want to do the post-June 1st thing, I've explained this a bunch of times on this show, but since it's this season, I'm going to kind of just explain it every day. Um, if you want to do post-June 1st, you aren't actually saving more money. You're just taking a lot of the dead cap and deferring it to next year. So instead of taking... So he has a $19 million cap hit. But if you cut him, 13.5 of that is dead. So you save 6.5 or 5.5 or whatever it is. Um, 6.5. Yeah, oh, he's a $20 million cap hit closer to. Um, so if you cut him, you take 13.5 of it dead. But if you post-June him, you take 6.5 of it now and 7 of it later... So it looks like you saved 13.5 million because you had 20 and you only took 6.5 dead. But you're sort of taking a salary advantage. You're taking a cash advance on your credit card a little bit because you got to pay back that 7 mil. You're just kind of borrowing it from a future year. And maybe you want to do that, but the other downside is you don't get access to that until after free agency and after the draft. So if you want to cut Adam Thielen and then use that money to sign a wide receiver, you better hope that wide receiver doesn't get signed in March. And... If he's not getting signed in March, usually there's a reason and you have to be okay with that reason. Now, that's something that you can do because you can go make salary cap another way and you can basically just have Adam Thielen's cap credit be just for signing draft picks or, or just for, you know, contingency and stuff like 13 and a half million is actually a pretty good amount for, okay, we have to sign our draft class, our practice squad and kind of be ready to go into the season. So you can be a dollar under the cap going into free agency and I think you can still make that work, but it's a little bit awkward. And if you want a player and that player doesn't fit into your awkward situation, you miss out on that. And that's an opportunity cost. Um, so that's an option. They can extend Dalvin Tomlinson or TJ Hawkinson using large signing bonuses um, that can probably get their cap hits down. 
and converting into signing bonus or for Dalvin Tomlinson, just keeping a void year acceleration from happening, which is what we thought happened for a second, remember? And then it turned out that he pushed the date back. Um, they can cut Dalvin Cook or Zadarius Smith. That saves $6 million and about $12 million rounding. Um, they can, respectively, 6 and, and 12. Uh, they can also cut Harrison Smith, or they can do the post-June thing with him. I believe the post-June thing matters. Yes, the post-June thing matters for him quite a bit. You only take four mil dead money this year, but then you take like nine mil dead money next year. Um, so it's sort of a, it's like deferring a lot if you wanted to do that. However, like uh, Gessling and Kramer said in their show, trending toward him taking a pay cut instead, which will save some level of salary cap. So there's a whole bunch of moves you can cut. Jordan Hicks, CJ Ham. Um, they said, the the Strib guys said that they see CJ, CJ Ham sticking around, which is fascinating not just from a like he's a three million or he's a, he'll be a fullback that makes four million dollars, uh, but also from a standpoint of like schematically they still want to keep a fullback, which is not very McVay. It's a lot more Shanahan, and with Kevin O'Connell coming off the McVay side of that tree, not the Shanahan side, that's fascinating. Uh, and if he does end up staying, I'm definitely doing a show about that in the deep off season. That's awesome. I'll probably buy one of the Bobby Peters books about the Shanahan side of that. Um, so that seems like it might be happening. There's a whole bunch of ways to make cap space, and each one of them makes six, seven mil, some of them 12, 13 mil, uh, and they only need to make 15 to get under the cap, at least for March 15. So the way that this can work out is you can kind of start to see permutations. For example, if you put together everything that happened or that that was projected to happen in that uh, Access Vikings podcast that they did after the Combine, you see the Vikings having about $8 million in cap space in 2023 and $150 mil in 2024. Now, that's really important because all of a sudden, there is no can kicked down the road and you can start this restructure journey over again and essentially just move all your money into that year and have all the money that you want. And that's not going to wor work like restructures. It's going to work like you can sign whatever free agent you want and backload their deal, and if you guarantee enough of them so that they feel like they're going to actually see that money, they will not mind waiting a year. Um, and that means you can throw it, throw around a ton of weight in free agency, and suddenly it doesn't feel like you have a cap problem at all. Um, and you know, when you think about cost-benefit, like, what is the cost of having a cap problem? Well, usually the cost is, well, you can't go sign good players, right? But if you can go sign good players... <laughs> You don't have a cap problem anymore. So if all that stuff happens, and it's a lot of cuts, it's a lot of getting rid of dudes, and, and the roster, by 2024, the reason it has so much money is because they will have two major Vikings under contract, like two established starters. Uh, one is Harrison Phillips, and the other is Brian O'Neill. So you'll have those two guys, and then basically the draft classes of 2021 onward, and then whoever you extend, Justin Jefferson, Ezra Cleveland, or whatever. But then that will eat into that cap, too. So that's something that you have to keep in mind. Um, so you'll just have, like, a bad roster and a bunch of cap space. You'll be the Bears. Congratulations. Obviously, that's not the way that things would come to pass, because that assumes nobody gets extended and nobody signs as a free agent, which why would you just sit on your hands and not do anything if you had all that money? But you kind of see where I'm at. It's like, yeah, they've got a lot of money, but then they also have a lot of needs. And that just opens you up to points of failure. Every single free agent you have to sign is a free agent that can bust. And it's every time you have to spend money, you can make that money, but it gives you an opportunity to screw up and waste that money if you get an Olivier Vernon. So 
it's something to be careful with, right? As much as you don't want to do too much restructuring because that kicks too much can on the road, well, you don't want to do too much cutting because then you're left with a JV roster and you lose 15 games. Nobody wants that. Um, so who can replace Eric Kendricks? Because ultimately the situation that we're in, um, and I, again, I already kind of speculated on it, leaves us in a spot where they are down a linebacker. They might still cut Jordan Hicks, too. So they might be down two linebackers. You'll have Brian Asamoah and a big question mark, right? Unless you want Troy Dye starting. So who could that be? Well, there's free agents that are awesome. We'll talk about those. There's a, a couple of linebackers we can see if we like those guys, and we'll see if we can't figure out where the Vikings are headed with this. So who plays linebacker for the Vikings in 2023? We, we legit don't know. Um, there's of course, Brian Asamoah, and I think the way the coaches have talked about him, the way they behaved toward the, the back end of 2022, I think you can pencil in Brian Asamoah as just like a starter, right? I don't even think he's going to compete. I think they love him that much. Um, whether you agree with that or not is your own business. But then we have Jordan Hicks, but I think Jordan Hicks has been a really easy answer for me. Think of it this way. The Vikings benched when they decided Brian Asamoah was going to get more snaps, Jordan Hicks was the one coming off the field, not Eric Hendricks, and they just cut Eric Hendricks. If I if I were a betting man, I would say they're cutting both those starting linebackers and they're just nuking the entire room. Again, they got rid of the position coach, the defensive coordinator, and they're going to get rid of both the starters. I think they weren't happy with the linebacker play. <laughs> um, and if you look at some of my old Patreons from that time, which are all free to watch by uh, now, by the way, then you can kind of see why that was the case. The linebacker play was absolutely not acceptable. No matter whose fault it is, I guess they just fired everyone. Um, full reset of that room, which I'm sure a lot of people love the fact that the Vikings are going for a full reset, at least in some part of, in some facets, they're, they're hitting the full reset button. Um, so who else could it be? And obviously there's a whole bunch of ways you could go with this. So the question really is, um, how do you want them to go for the blockbuster signing? That's an expensive guy, but you you can expect elite play from him. Do you want them to go with a budget signing that will play just fine, but he won't break the bank? Do you want a draft pick that you hope can be a superstar at a lower con uh, at a, a lower contract? You can kind of it's like a, a choose two triangle, where it's like you can you can have um, the like certainty in what you're getting. You can have a cheap contract, and you can have a good player. Choose two, right? <laughs> And so how, however you care about that, maybe you don't care about how good the linebackers all, are at all. So you're like, whatever, just get a bargain bin dude. And, you know, let's let's go grab Aziz Alshair off the Niners and let's do it. Um, but you can, or like, because you're white, right? But I'm, I'm looking at the PFF free agency page right now, uh, which I like it because it sorts through what these guys will actually make. And uh, Brad Spielberger is like the only guy that I really blindly trust to project these contracts. Like he nailed Derek Carr, for example. Um but you can get somebody like Levante David, right? You know, he's 33, but he's still very, very good. Or let's, you know what, let's go a little a different way. Let's go with Tremaine Edmonds. Tremaine Edmonds is 24 years old. He'll be 25-ish. Uh, he'll be 25 next year. So very young. Um, has played out his entire rookie contract. He was like 19 when he got drafted. He's been fantastic for the Bills. Uh, and he is a free agent that will probably sign a premier deal. He is um, versatile. He can rush the passer, cover, fit the run. He can do everything. Like, total freak athlete. You are getting a stud. 17.5 mil a year, according to Spielberger, at least, for a four-year, four years, 70 mil. So are we paying that much for a linebacker? Now, personally, I think positional value has become a way overrated thing. 
Um, I, there, there is an edge to be gained there, but I think it's being treated like more than an edge right now. And I disagree with that. So I would actually be pretty stoked if they did that, but it wouldn't be cheaper, right? You may, you maybe got better, but you didn't get cheaper and we got to be okay with that. I personally am, but I don't know if you are. So let's go down the list a little bit, right? What about somebody like Leighton Vander Esch? I'm a little bit sketched out on him. Um, he's, I think an inconsistent player and I think he's had inconsistent availability as well. Um, but less than seven mil a year, three years, uh, 20 million and change. So if you want to get cheaper and say, all right, let's just skimp out on the linebackers. We'll spend more on corners. And if that's your, your vibe, right? Okay. We skimped out on linebackers, but we could afford to go, go get a crazy good. We could go get Jamel Dean now or something like, let's go get an awesome corner. Um, then that can be your move, right? Cut Jordan Hicks, go sign Leighton Vander Esch, and now you're spending like less than half on linebackers versus what you were in 2022, and you can reconfigure your roster that way, reshape the the kind of cap situation. And then I think there are some that are like in the middle of this, right? Like there's Alex Singleton, Denver Bronco, who's very much a budget option, but then there's a guy like Jermaine Pratt or uh, Bobby Okereke, like guys that are, I would say good enough and i think the threshold of good enough is something that people use like as a pejorative almost like ah he's just good enough but if you think about it everyone has a good enough threshold and if you say ah good but just good enough and you're saying that to insult the player and say that like aren't you kind of insinuating that that player isn't good enough he isn't up to your standard at a point there is your threshold and there's a point just above it that is barely above your threshold but it is above your threshold. And I think of these guys as kind of there for me. So they'll do. I'll take it. You don't get that much cheaper, but you get a little bit cheaper and you still don't suffer a huge decline in play. I really like Jermaine Pratt. I think that um, I think that Lou Anarumo put out the blueprint on how to use Jermaine Pratt schematically um, as a, a good coverage linebacker and stuff. I think that, I mean, Anaruma did a great job with all of those Bengals players. So I think if you're signing one of them, I think you have to watch Bengals tape and say, okay, this is how I use that guy. Um, he's young. He's kind of shown what he can play. And the real question about him and the risk that you're taking, the reason he's going to price down a little bit is, well, I don't know if he's actually this good or if he was a flash in the pan and I'm buying him at his highest stock. I've heard a lot about Drew Tranquil. I can't stand Drew Tranquil as a player, so I'm not as into it, although that's a fairly distant take. I'm not too familiar with the Chargers, so if the Vikings actually signed him, I would uh, be more than happy to kind of take another look and make sure that that's actually my take, right? Um, but that'd be at least my like prior going in. And then you could possibly draft someone. Now, I'm not too familiar with all of the linebackers, but I do have one scouting report up at Patreon on uh, Trenton Simpson, the linebacker out of Clemson who is, I would say, he reminds me a lot of Brian Asamoah in more bad ways than good, but in the good ways too. But the difference, and I think he's going to be a first-round pick because of this, is that he has really good vision, and you can tell that he has the ability to read offenses and, in particular, run plays. The like He can see where to go, and he, he has, I think he tested pretty well. Like He's got the tested athleticism. Um, well, I, I can look this up. They've done the combine. Yeah, he ran a 4-4-3. That'll play, 1.5-5-10 split. But the problem is that he weighs 235, and it shows on tape. He is very, his paper-thin physicality, 
was the way that I put it down. Um, it's really hard for him to get through guys, so he is a block evader. He's a good block evader. That's the same thing as Brian Asamoa. He is not somebody that is going to get up into your grill, lock you up, stack you, and shed you. He has to get around you, and if he doesn't get around you, he, he just loses the rep, which sucks, right? Um, and that's kind of the downside. So Trenton Simpson, to me, is a guy who can see where he's supposed to get, and he has the athleticism to get there in drills, but he doesn't have the physicality to get there through guys. Uh, and he doesn't, there's a lot of technique that he can improve upon to make himself better at getting to the spot he knows he has to get to. But his footwork in particular, his like roboting technique, um, his get off on like blitz reps, and if he's trying to shoot a gap, is all really, really sloppy. There's a lot of extra steps, wasted motion, feet that aren't supposed to be where feet are that just slow him down to the point where his play speed doesn't match his tested speed um, because he's just not getting going fast enough. And that is a teachable problem, but it's a problem that will take time to fix. And as much as I love taking a guy and imagining what they could be if I just fix this problem, the fact that you have to do that work offers not only a delay to the start of his career, but also a chance that it never comes because you just can't know how well these guys are going to learn things on a long-term scale by meeting him at the combine for 15 minutes. So you just have to accept some risk with him. So I don't love him. I, like we kind of already have that guy, right? That's a, that's an Asamoa. But I mean, the Vikings love Asamoa a lot. So maybe Asamoa part two is something that they'd be kind of interested in. I don't know if that's a first round pick to me. Uh, I, I'm sure that there's other kind of raw but physical or raw but athletic guys with no physicality um, that you could probably get in the kind of middle bands of the draft that you, you could go another way. But the the draft feels, I think the linebacker class is a lot less exciting than the free agent class. So if I had to guess, I would guess the Vikings are going to run out and sign someone. Um, and that guy will be your starter. And they will sort of save a little bit of money net on the whole situation and then use that money elsewhere and use their draft picks elsewhere. If I had to guess, that would be where they would go. And I think that's where I would want them to go. So maybe that's why I'm guessing it. Um, but here's what I'll leave you with. And I know this is a little bit longer than the show usually is, but, but I'll be brief. Um, I'm going to miss Eric Kendricks a lot. I'm sad about it. I understand it had to be done and it's a business and all of that. I don't necessarily disagree with the move on like a, a an objective, what should they have done scale, but that doesn't mean I can't be sad about it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be sad about it. Uh, Eric Kendricks was like, he and Barr kind of defined my adult Vikings fandom. They joined in a coming of age moment in my life and they were kind of a mainstay on Sundays for me. Uh, as a lot of things changed around me, and I appreciated that a lot about them and and Griffin and Rhodes and that whole kind of mid-2010s defense. I, I love them all dearly. I, those two guys are admirable people, great humans, um, with the the off-field, the philanthropy that they do, the messages they had, the, the way that they use their voices when those voices need to be heard. Um, I have the utmost respect for those guys. I absolutely loved seeing Anthony Barr actually see some success in Dallas, and I hope that Eric Kendricks finds the same success as long as he doesn't end up in the NFC North. Uh, I'm sure that we're going to have news coming in just about every day now for the next few weeks, so we will cover that, and if we don't cover news, we'll probably cover a draft prospect. That's going to be, I think, how things go here. Um, so... Whichever it is, I'm looking forward to it. We will do, so today was supposed to be Twitter Tuesday. Obviously, too big of news to do a mailbag, but we will do a mailbag. So as long as I don't wake up to news that broke at 6 a.m. where I live uh, again tomorrow, I'll do a mailbag and we'll do some questions. So keep getting your questions in uh, at Luke Braun NFL or at Locked On Vikings on Twitter. 
leave a YouTube comment or um, send an email to LockdownVikingsPodcast at gmail.com or fill out the Google form in the show notes. Uh, I will see you all tomorrow. And as always, skull. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.